Hey, this is Thomas McRocklin, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Keep rocking. Welcome to episode 264 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week, we've got another great one because Thomas McRocklin is here. That is that is pretty awesome. Uh, is, is, you know, remembering his younger years uh, when he was always with Steve Vai and the Bad for Good deal and you know, he was in the Steve Vai video to now, to what he's become and getting to talk to him. Pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him and play some music. But first, as always, we've got some sponsors to talk about. First off, our newest sponsor that we debuted last week, Sunset Tattoo. Tattoo shop right here in Tulsa at 3146 East 15th Street. They've got 25 years of experience. Of course, they're state licensed. And, unlike a lot of shops, they're mother approved. I mean, that's all you need. Yeah, absolutely. And their tattoos are done good and proper. And, above all else, they've announced that they are reopening officially May 15th. That's actually later this week. Right. Yeah, so give them a call or get on Facebook, shoot them a message. Set up an appointment and see when you can get in there. They do great work. You can see all their photos on Facebook and Instagram. So get in there and check out Sunset Tattoo and tell them that Thunder Underground sent you. Also, Med Farm is a dispensary located right here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 24683 East Highway 51. They've got a huge selection that you can see on Leafly.com. Just get on there and punch in their name. That's P-H-A-R-M. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram at MedFarmOK, and their website is MedFarmOK.com. They've also got a drive-thru. You can just pull right up. You can shoot them a text or call them beforehand to place your order so it's ready as soon as you get there. You never have to get out of your vehicle. 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill ammo shelters, which is an amazing, amazing thing. So get over there and check them out, and if you tell them that we sent you mention Thunder Underground, I'll give you 10% off your first order, so don't forget to do that. And as always, we love MedFarm, so let them know we sent you. And then DEB Concerts, a Tulsa-based promoter that has brought in a, a host of amazing artists like Last in Line, Saxon, Buckcherry, Dockin, Winger, Warrant. They brought in Snoop Dogg last year to the BOK Center. They've got a few shows scheduled this summer. Yeah, we know that most stuff's getting canceled, but as of now, these are still in the books, so we're talking about them June 26th. Right. Texas Hippie Coalition with Sweatin' Bullets and Poster Child, hosted by Lynn Hernandez of KMOD. That's at the Ideal Ballroom. And then in July on the 11th, the New Metal Revival is coming to the Ideal Ballroom. That features Flaw, Edema, Andrew W. Boss, Saliva, and the amazing Paraman 5000. And then a couple of days later, July 13th at the BOK Center, the reunited Poison with Tom Kiefer of Cinderella and Sebastian Bach, the original singer of Skid Row. That's a great triple bill there at the BOK. Get on debconcerts.com, find out ticket info. You can also keep up to date and if you follow them on Facebook of any changes that might happen, postponements, that kind of thing. So, And of course, we'll let you know as well. So, huge thank you to DEB Concerts. Let's get into it here. Let's do it. Before we just keep rambling, let's play some music. All right. This is a new one by the Lone Rangers. Fuck yes. Man, how, how, have we, how have we went 264 episodes without ever saying that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. But it finally got said. That's right. Well, Marishi 10 is a band that we had on this podcast not that long ago. That's right. So 236. That's who we're actually playing right now. Right. <laughs> well, we didn't have the full band. We had Linda Lou on, mm-hmm. the vocalist and guitarist. And they've got a new single out, so we're going to play it right now. Called Never Look Back. <laughs> What I- 
Never Look Back from Marishi Tin. What do you think of that? Man, I love that song. How's this yeah. shit like not like just burning up the fucking airwaves? Oh, yeah. I, agree. I mean, <laughs> that almost sounds like another fucking uh, Airheads reference. <laughs> but I, I really mean that, though. Absolutely. Um, th- this stuff is just. And the cool thing about it is it's like, hey, you know, it's like, you know, you hear these, you know, these fucking fuckheads on the radio and it's all diet rock and shit. And we're heavy, but it's not. <laughs> this is kind of like, this is really, the. it's like heavy and it's like legit heavy, but it's also, I don't know, you know, it's, it's got that. Melodic. It's got that sheen on it. Yeah. That, you know, that should, you know, make the program directors salivate. That's right. Um, so yeah, I just uh, I love that we're playing it. I would love everyone to play it. So yeah, yeah, it sounds like modern metal that's steeped in classic yeah. metal, right? It sounds like modern metal that's not stupid. There you go. That's a good way. To uh, put you it. know, just I'm, I'm in, in my caveman terms. That's how I'll put it. Right. But like I said before, the song played. Linda Lou was on this podcast here a few months ago, two thirty six. So. Last fall, get in there, look that one up if you missed it. That's a good one. Another one of their songs a while back as well. So look up Marishi Ten if you're not familiar with them. That's T E N, not the number. So anyway, yeah, tell them we sent you. Glad to play a new song by them. Yeah, so Thursday night, 7 p.m., we've been doing our live show. If you missed it, if you missed it last Thursday, you can still see it on Facebook. We're not one of those people that take it down after a day because we're not that important. <laughs> to where, you know, we can force people to watch and take it away. We need you to watch now. So. And, and, and Corey Taylor from Slipknot Stone Sour was the guest. Right? Was the guest, and you all missed it, so you need to yeah. go back and look. Yeah, so go check that. It's like at the 37, 43 marks where he shows up. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's on there for a good 30, 45 minutes, you know. Totally. Yeah. But besides that, speaking of Corey Taylor, you know, he he's never released a solo album, but we talked about some artists that we thought. Look at you. You know. He, he is not, going to, isn't he, though? He's not on my, my list that we talked about, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure one from him would be good. Yeah, he... Oh, fuck, he was on... Uh, he wasn't on our show, by the way. We're just fucking around with you. <laughs> but I think he was on Eddie Trunk uh, quite a while ago, talking about how he really wanted to do it and do the whole guest musician thing, which I think would be really cool. Yeah, because, I, I mean, he, I, can, you know, he yeah. can fill that thing up with... Easily. who's who of anything you wanted to really yeah i i don't know it's such a weird thing for me funny i mean you had to bring this guy up so fuck it we'll go into it you actually but, brought him up <laughs> yeah true i did i did i did um uh, but you went into the whole solo thing yeah but no it's like uh i don't know i'm not a really huge slipknot fan or stone sour fan but i recognize what a great singer he is and how versatile he is and I've always just really liked his interviews and his vibe. Yeah. So I, I think I would I would be more excited to hear a solo album from him than anything from Slipknot or Stone Sour. Really? I am I'm I'm weird, so whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 what it is there. Yeah. I mean he's yeah, he's got a, a cool vibe. He seems like extremely smart and he's well versed in music history and yes. all that shit as well. And I assume his books are probably good. I haven't read them, but I've always kind of been interested in it. So maybe I should do that. Maybe one day. But he's got at least two, maybe three now, right? Like on that live stream, we talked about other artists that it would be cool if they did a solo album. So stuff like that every Thursday night, 7 p.m. So there you go. Facebook Live. Yeah, is there anything else to talk about before we get into some McRockland action? I don't think so. I think uh, get into it here. You mentioned up front, Steve Vine, Bad for Good. If you're not familiar with Bad for Good, they were a great hard rock band that came out in the early 90s and produced by Steve Vai. All those guys were great, and even, you know, Brooks Wackerman was the drummer, and you just mentioned, you know, Corey Taylor and Slipknot, another band of that ilk, Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. He's now the drummer for them, so. Right. And McRockland has been doing, you know, a lot of great things over the last several years, and I kind of remember... It was you that, you know, told me, hey, you remember Thomas, he was, it was McLaughlin, right? Mm -hmm. It's like his actual name that he went by back then. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's back and he's got an Instagram page and all this a couple, two or three years ago. And he's always posting stuff. And then, you know, now he's released music and he's released 
stuff on his own and with McRockland Hutch, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different. It's got, you know, like kind of a cool 80s vibe to it. And, yeah. And yeah, and he's got a school of McRock now that we talk about. But Yeah, I mean, in, in really, uh, you know, tune into, tune into when he's talking about how he just kind of put the guitar down for a long time and really got into electronic music and, you know, hip hop and stuff like that. Uh, and, and to come back around to it, um, it, it's just really interesting. It's not a path I chose. Um, you know, I, I've always been, you know, true to that, to this kind of music. But, uh, you know, I really applaud his kind of diversity, you know, and, and uh, you know, just kind of hanging it all out there. Uh, and, and look what it's done. I think it's uh, really, it's heightened his ability now to even greater Greater strengths than when he was younger. Yeah. Strengths, not strengths. <laughs> well, yeah, let's get into it here. Here's Thomas McRocklin. This is a little bit of a funky setup, but um, I actually have a guitar here as well. We'll check this whilst we're on, see how this sounds. Does yeah. that work? Yeah, that sounds good. Definitely works. <laughs> All right. Bit of a last minute. I was just sh- shooting videos for the site today. I was like, you know, uh, when I get into this, like this, like, there's some stuff which makes a lot of sense and it's some stuff's just like rip rip everything apart quickly change everything there's cables everywhere and there's patching systems I'm like <laughs> oh no we're getting close to the time so <laughs> ah, last minute dash so but yeah right, right. i guess kind of the first obvious question to ask is how are you doing with the quarantine the lockdown all this kind of stuff like outside of music yeah, sure, sure. Um, uh, I mean, fortunately, we're doing pretty good up here. I'm in um, the northern part of the UK, uh, Newcastle. And um, I mean, uh, there's a lot of cases in the area for sure. Um, but I think, you know, compared to some parts of the world and even the UK, we're, we're not the worst hit place. But obviously, everybody still is in complete lockdown and just leaving the house for bare essentials. And even then, it's like you kind of want to take a big breath and kind of make it back without breathing anything in. It's like it's it's really weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, dealing dealing with it just fine. I've got two girls actually, so kind of um, keeping those uh, little chicks kind of busy is uh, probably more challenging than anything else. But uh, you know, music musicians and producers, you know, we've trained for these uh, locked in sessions for many years, so <laughs> it's not right. too bad. It, it, it could it could birth a lot of uh, really cool things, really creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I kind of used the first 10 days of just kind of catching up on a lot of things, which I meant to do for like a long time. So just kind of using the time, you know, as best I can. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird one. I, I feel like the more time you get, sometimes the less productive you can be. So it's like... It's just like, you know, just kicking your your own butt a little bit just to kind of get things done. And so, uh, gosh, but yeah. And what about you guys? Everything all right um, over your side? Yeah, I mean, it really, it kind of mirrors what you just kind of said, you know. Uh, just leave the house for the bare essentials. Uh, you know, I got, I got yeah. a mask if, if I got to go into a grocery store or something. Uh, yeah. The uh, the hardware stores and the garden centers are very busy because everyone needs something to do. <laughs> yeah, same same over here. It's like in the first two or three days, all the paint shops were like, "That's it, all the paint's gone." It was just it's just like crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah, people are uh, keeping themselves busy with a uh, bit of home decorating and stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at that. That's like that's my worst thing. <laughs> my my, uh, my girlfriend, I think, has bought one of every plant uh, known to man by now. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's just kind of the same thing. And, you know, uh, hopefully we'll just hunker down and get through it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. I mean, we, as long as we all kind of do our bit, yeah. keep our keep ourselves locked down, right. keep uh, creating tracks, we'll be fine. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned the site um, on a professional level. You've got the School of McRock, and that 
obviously mm. this lockdown doesn't really affect that since you do everything online. So I yeah. mean, talk, talk about the, the basis for the idea for starting that and what made you want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, last year I was teaching a lot on Skype and, um, and a lot of the same subjects and topics were, topics were coming up a lot. Um, so it kind of got to the point where the same things were repeating themselves. It's like, well, why don't I just turn this into something um, that anybody, everybody can benefit from it really quickly? And, you know, one thing that I like to do when I'm teaching is kind of get straight to the good stuff, you know, because I, I always got really frustrated by looking at a lot of tutorial and guitar-based sites, you know, and obviously for the last couple of years, a lot of company have been, companies have been asking me to do content for their sites. And, um, you know, there's some really good ones out there, but a lot of the time, you know, 20 minutes in, 15, 20, you know, just after a certain amount of time, I was just like literally ripping my hair. I was just like, ah, oh, I just couldn't kind of take it anymore. So, um, so my site is basically kind of, it's, quick as possible without skipping on anything it kind of gets straight to the stuff that i've spent a long time really developing and and just kind of really putting it in bite-sized lessons that are often you know so every week we have a new lesson uh every week we have a live master class uh every week we've got backing tracks and now we have guest lessons and stuff so it's lots of really important bite-sized stuff that's really easy digestible but a lot of people you know, the, the, the look at one of the 10, 15 minutes kind of, you know, whatever subject it's on sort of lessons. And they seem to get stuff really, really, uh, you know, that, that kind of sits with their plane for long, you know, for hopefully forever uh, from these short little lessons. So, um, but yeah, kind of the idea came about just over a year or so ago when I was teaching a lot on Skype. And, um, you know, we launched in December, I think. Yeah. And it's like crazy how far we've came in just like a couple of months. So. Yeah, really excited. We're just getting better at doing everything. The site's getting better all the time, and we're adding new features, and we're working with a lot of brands to give giveaways and give free products away and stuff. So we just give some Horizon devices pedals away. We give some Fishman pickups away, and we give 100 sets of Daddario strings away. So I love that stuff as well, you know, because, you know, just, you know, I, you know, I do a lot of stuff on Instagram, so there's a lot of products kind of coming in all the time, but just to kind of, officially hand some of it over and stuff it's like it's it's a lot of fun so it's been great is every lesson you know planned out you know based on kind of what you said before about you know all your students were asking the same things or uh, you know are you still taking requests for specific techniques and it, yeah definitely yeah. And, and that's a really cool thing because we have our own chat room so you know i mean often a lot of the lessons are things that I think everybody should know. So whether it's essential scales, arpeggios, you know, going through sweeping and alternate picking. So we have a lot of stuff that I think everybody should, you know, know, maybe should know, especially if they follow me online and they kind of see the, the, the sort of stuff that I play. Um, but because we have our own chat, a lot of the time we take the feedback directly from that chat room. And because we are a really small team. It's just me and one other guy, and we haven't actually. Well, it was like three of us now. Um, but we're a really small team, so we can react really quick to what people want to know, um, and I really like that as well. And uh, quite often, um, you know, somebody I just even mentioned in the chat, like get the wah wah out. I was like, that's a really good idea, and I took the wah out, and then the next thing you know, it's actually in the single because it was out plugged in and it's just like, I love that, you know, sort of that communication of like somebody having a direct input. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. So it's a good point. And um, we'd, I definitely take feedback from our chat room and kind of quickly translate that intro lesson. That's useful for everybody. Right. Right. Well, um, talk, talk about what, what you think, um, how you got into teaching and what kind of made you want to do that. It's like, you know, for instance, you know, I play guitar, but I, I couldn't, even show anybody an E chord. It just doesn't connect with me. So I, yeah. I really applaud that kind of ability to uh, kind of pass it on down. Uh, yeah, I mean, thank you. I mean, it, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I don't think I'm a particularly kind of natural teacher uh, in, in the sense that I like sharing things that I learn and discover. I love that. Um, and I, I'm definitely, you know, I'm comfortable kind of now that I do so much stuff on camera. But I definitely don't think I'm your kind of traditional teacher, you know, from from an educational point of view. I mean, so, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing, right? Trying to 
show somebody something and it's it's something that we learned really on with the the videos that we're doing we'd, we'd aim for these bite-sized lessons and i would just keep blabbering on for about two hours and then we suddenly have these huge lessons that we just went across so many subjects and it's like we really we really need to rein this in because we <laughs> you know i just i just you know it's just go off and off and off and one thing leads to another um but i first started teaching when i was really young like when i was back in playing the first time through because I, I don't know if you know i took a long time from playing guitar and um back when i was like you know 15 or 16 um i just returned back from uh well pretty much every other time that i'd returned back from la um i'd be playing i'd you know be doing other stuff and then i'd have one or two maybe three or four students a week um that would just come around and really at that time it was it was just kind of something uh, I, th I think one of the local schools they kind of knew that i was doing stuff in the states and you know it you know, back then there wasn't a huge amount of shred type of players in my area so um it just kind of came about in a kind of not a normal kind of situation not a normal way really um but i remember even back then i kind of did enjoy those um relatively you know three or four a week was like my limit but i really enjoyed that time um, and really enjoyed seeing you know guys progress and stuff as well. That was really cool. Um, so many many years later, I got so many after I'd stopped playing again um, and stopped posting stuff on Instagram. Um, there's just so many DMs to like want to learn the licks that I was posting on Instagram, and some people wanted to go into more detail. And, and I was like, got to the point where okay, let's do something on Skype, and that eventually led to School of McRock. Having been playing your whole life and knowing as much as you do is there any area that you feel that you could improve on yeah i mean definitely i think uh, you know uh it's something i talk about a lot and you know a lot of time guys you know like myself and and people maybe i don't play even as much we, we always you know i'm certainly this way i never appreciate what i can do i'm always kind of thinking what can i learn next um so whilst there's no specific um, sort of technique that I'm kind of really itching to learn. As soon as I play, pick up the guitar, I naturally start doing things which kind of push myself a little bit. Um, and then I kind of, you know, you, you always see those weaknesses and that's, you know, that's the sort of stuff I go straight to working on. So, you know, these days as I, as I kind of have a band and I have a school um, and obviously a family and all the online stuff that I'm doing, it's like, the, the the amount of time that I play is so sporadic. It can be like 10 minutes one day and five hours the next. Um, so often when I pick up my guitar, you know, we all play our favorite riffs and chug and B and stuff like that. But pretty quickly after that, I'm kind of really focusing in on something that's going to be beneficial for me, you know, the next day or the, the following day, you know. So, yeah, I think we're all like that as musicians, you know, we're just always looking to get to that next level and, don't appreciate what you know what skills we do have shifting gears a little bit a minute ago you, you had mentioned mm. uh you know the long uh break in activity um yeah you know what 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 led to that and kind of what were you doing and what, what made you decide that you know to get back into it yeah sure thing um so i mean i, I just grew up you know at a really young age you know my first opening gig on stage was when I was about eight years old supporting Ozzy Osbourne in my hometown so from that moment on you know I, I did a lot of tv appearances here in the UK and a lot of stuff happened really really quickly um, um, so by time you know a few years later I signed with Interscope Records when I was like 11 or 12 as one of the one of their youngest uh, recording artists um, and Previous to that, I'd done stuff with Steve Vai. I sort of did some video stuff with um, Steve's video, The Audience is Listening. And I, I guess just a lot of stuff from a, a young age happened um, really, really quick in a lot of it. Um, and I think by the time I got to the point where I was like 14 or 15 and coming back to the UK, doing normal, regular teenage stuff suddenly became a lot more fun than touring with Joe Satriani and gigging in all these cool places. Um, so the, the the tide had started to turn a little bit by that point. Um, and also, I really, really got into rap music um, and hip-hop and drum and bass a little bit later. 
Um, and I was really interested in the studio side of things. You know, I was living with Steve Vai for um, a couple of months or so whilst we recorded the Bad for Good record. And um, I was just really quizzing him all the time on gear. Um, in fact, he showed me how to use the mixing console and explained the whole busing system. And I was like, oh, okay, it finally makes sense. Um, he explained it in quite a cute way because he literally explained it like there was buses going down a highway and all that stuff. But <laughs> but, but it certainly sunk in. And, um, and around that similar time, I was really fortunate to be in some you know, big sort of studio sessions with guys like Jimmy Iovine and stuff, which at the time he was the main guy at Interscope. And I think he's, um, he's on the board of App with Apple now. Um, but an amazing producer and being around, you know, studios with guys like that in them, that, that, that side of things was always kind of really, I was just really interested in it. And I remember one time I came back to the UK, um, you know, when I was like 14, 15, you know, 16 latest. Um, and I got my first sampler, an Akai sampler, and then I got my first keyboard. And pretty much overnight, it was like goodbye to the guitar. It was as quick as that. It just, I just dropped it and I got really into electronic music, producing drum and bass. And um, that that was it. I was just hooked on, on that. Um, and so it wasn't so much, yes, I stopped playing guitar, you know, for like 20 years or so. And when I say stop, I literally went down to maybe 10 minutes or so per couple of months, you know, so so little that all the mechanics, you know, like, you know, you, you feel like you're playing with boxing gloves on when you pick up that guitar again. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's an awful feeling. <laughs> um, but I really got into, you know, the, the production side of things. And, and later on, um, yeah, as later I started producing for other people and learning more and more and more about the, the studio side of things and the production side of things. And then I eventually turned into a mastering engineer and had about six years where I was just mastering records nonstop. Um, so now that I'm kind of back into it, all that stuff's really kind of really useful because it means I can kind of produce our, our stuff really between me and my bandmate. Uh, we do everything. Um, but just to finish off your uh, question that you answered, how do I get it? How do I get back into it? Um, I mean, it came back really quickly. I mean, I remember like about 2016, that's when I stopped picking up the guitar for the first time. And, you know, I had some guys and friends that knew about my past, but never really saw me play because I would, you know, never really play in front of people, um, for no reason in, in sense, like, I, you know, people would come around my house and would be doing other stuff, you know, never playing guitar. Um, so, you know, a friend started asking me to play a little bit more and, and then I eventually just posted um, a video on Facebook, I think it was, and then it just kind of got a lot of views and people were asking to see more of it. I was like, oh, okay, I'll post another one. <laughs> another one. Yeah. And then I think around that time, it's like, actually, this is really, you know, this is fun. Um, I'm really enjoying it. But at the same time, I knew, you know, because I've got a really obsessive personality and everything that I'm kind of doing, I'm like, really, really, you know, have to be, I wouldn't say the best that you know, but I really want to be at a high skill level with it. Um, so I knew there was a lot of work ahead of me, but uh, but once the kind of love of playing returned, then putting in the hours is just you know it's fun, you know, as opposed to like grinding hard, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so 2016 I stopped playing again, and uh, 2017 I kind of started my socials up and stopped posting stuff online and doing stuff again. So. There we go. Sorry, it's a bit of a rant, that one, right? No, no, that's good. Good. We like those long answers. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that was, you know, kind of the time, uh, maybe a little, just a tad later than that, that, uh, you know, you came up on my radar again through Instagram, and I, I noticed you had those Ibanezes, and then all of a sudden it was Kiesel, and uh, what prompted the switch to Kiesel, and, uh, you know, uh, sure. how, how, did they, how did they kind of win out? Yeah, it's an interesting move. And a lot of my close uh, friends and even my wife was like, what? What? <laughs> You've been with Ibanez since you're like, you know, eight years old, you know? Yeah. Um, and I love the guys at Ibanez and um, they, they do make great instruments and I have a lot of history with that company. Um, but, you know, th there was various reasons. Um, you know, one of them was, I remember going to nam in 2017 i was at the fishman booths because i just started using fishman pickups and um they had a strandberg in their booth and i wasn't really looking to go headless 
per se. And, you know, I mean, I never really thought, you know, some people look at Headless and go, oh, man, it's just like there's a bit missing. I never really thought that about Headless. I, I just wasn't really fussed by it. But I'd never, re- I'd never really had played one uh, before. And I remember just like playing the Strandberg and thinking, oh, man, the, the balance and the feel, it's like this is more what I'm looking for because I think – when I start playing again in 2016 and then really seriously in 2017, I kind of went on a, a mission of like, what pickups do I want to use? What guitar picks do I want to use? How do I want the guitar to feel? I want to have a totally different sound um, compared to when I was a kid. You know, I knew straight away there was different things that I wanted to be better at. Um, and for me, when I tried a headless guitar, it just felt more of an extension to me. And then just by chance, um, somebody tagged me on one of Kiesel's posts and I, you know, I mentioned something like, yeah, I'll check one out or whatever it was. It was just really a throwaway comment. It was just a complete fluke. Um, and then Jeff Kiesel uh, men- uh, messaged me, uh, DM'd me like two minutes later. Um, and he's like, do you want to check one out? And I'm like, yeah, OK, I'll check one out because, you know, uh you know, previous to this, I mean, this is before my Instagram became, you know, bigger, you know, larger than, you know, than it had grown to. So I was still was like, okay, I'll, I'll check one out. Um, but it arrived and I remember just playing it and I was like, ah, this has that build quality of like a traditional guitar that I'm used to. Um, but it has that, you know, it just feels like an extension. It just felt really, it just felt right straight away. And I knew I was in trouble, like right then, that moment, because it was like, I felt like in my heart, if I didn't make that move to playing that type of guitar full time, I'd kind of regret it. And I just wanted to just keep pushing forward with everything at that point. Um, so yeah, now playing headless as, uh, as my main guitar and, you know, Kiesel have been great with me. I've got ton of their guitars and when i got to meet them all in person um at nam recently a couple months back um all just a great bunch of guys as well so i think you know there's one you know one product in your arsenal that has to be a you know the perfect relationship and that's the guitar you know there's there's certain things that are going to come and go like different gear and you know different amps different software and all these different things but you know guitars are like so close to you you have to have that relationship and yeah, they they make great guitars, so I'm really stoked to be playing them. Well, you mentioned playing keyboards, and now you're in a project with someone else playing keyboards. Like, talk about yeah. working with Tim Hutchison and how all that came together. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I actually wasn't a very good keyboard player at all. I was actually <laughs> terrible. I could do, like, bass lines and stuff, and it's a good job I was doing, like, mostly drum and bass because, like, you know, I could never play anything <laughs> other than, like, nasty sounding bass lines on a keyboard <laughs> but yeah uh me and tim actually have known each other for a long time um uh, going back to like when we were it's uh probably in our teens actually in local studios and our bands and project had crossed paths so many times and we'd known each other for so long um but it just it never i guess for some reason never occurred to us to like collaborate and do something together especially we're like we live five minutes five minutes away from each other's houses so i think it was around about the time that i got really into synthwave and he kind of got into synthwave at the same kind of time as well um and then we started just throwing ideas back and forwards he threw some tracks my way and synthwave as a genre is just super easy to shred over. It's a lot of fun and it's very nostalgic with, with it being sort of very eighties influenced. So straight away I felt really comfortable sort of shredding and playing and doing melodies over the stuff he was sending. And then it didn't take long for us just to kind of sync up and that was it. You know, we, we, we formed a band and start doing stuff, you know, more or less straight away. We're releasing music within a probably a month or two. When you're writing guitar parts for McRocklin and Hutch, do you yeah. do you approach it any different than you do for your your personal solo stuff? Yeah, I have been. Yeah, I'm thinking basically more up until now. Um, you know, on the Riding Out album, basically my guitar solo parts are more the equivalent of a vocalist. So the shred on there for sure. 
but there's a lot of melodic stuff that you can kind of hum along to and you can just leave it in cruise and chill and you know I, I actually i can't really listen to a lot of guitar guitar type of music you know it's like it, after a certain while you know especially the real intense shred sort of stuff um and proggy stuff it, it just drives me absolutely crazy as talented as some guitarists are that are, you know right now and the scene's bursting with amazing players um i'd much rather listen to stuff that has very simple guitar parts or um or no guitar at all um so i was really careful not to overdo the shred on the the stuff that we were putting out and just saving it for those moments where like you just want to blaze hard and then dial it back to something that you can really kind of enjoy the the track with um so the writing out album is very you know it's kind of that approach um the new direction we're starting to push it a little bit more we're starting to get some more riffs in the songs and, and hutch is actually an amazing guitarist as well i mean he's a great producer and a really talented guy um but he's a fantastic guitar player and every time he'd come around my house, I'd, he'd be sitting trying my guitars out, and I'd always snap him on like Instagram, and people would just be blown away because they, they didn't think he could play, you know, that hard. Um, so he's now doing shred on the tracks as well. So <laughs> the, the first track that we've released is uh, Italian Disco, and um, we haven't really revealed whose solos are whose yet, um, <laughs> but he's uh, <laughs> he's shredding on that. So. Yeah, but now we are approaching it a little bit more different to the Riding Out album. We've we've gone a little bit more riff, uh, we've got a little bit more shredding there, but still keeping to, you know, the song is the, the the thing, you know. So people can kind of put it on and just cruise and well, not much cruising at the moment until we cruise <laughs> yeah. into like uh, a loaf of bread or something. But right. yeah, <laughs> but that's the idea. Well, well, do you guys write together or do you kind of base your parts off of what each other? sends to each other yeah we, we we always just do everything remotely you know we, we tried doing these writing sessions because you know that's what bands do the sit and write but it just doesn't work you know he's like he he's up at 5 a.m and he's so prolific with his output he's just like crazy he has 10 minutes meditation and then without fail every week he's got like three or four completed songs done mixed ready to go and he's like see if any of these four work i'm like geez where do these come from um uh, so we do everything kind of remotely, and then sometimes as we get nearer to the end of the project, um, we might kind of you might come around my house typically, um, but usually um, we just send stuff back and forwards. I do my bits, and he does his bits, and now he sends the tracks over, and they're like 80, 90 percent mix. So I'm just kind of finishing the mix and doing my bit, and then taking it to the mastering stage. It's fun. Well, you mentioned the. Uh italian disco single i thought the yeah. the artwork on that was amazing like was that one of your guys ideas or do you kind of let free reign go to your artist um no we we um i found a, a picture very very like that on instagram i was like oh that's really cool so i'm, I'm going to save that and then i uh, i contacted the artist and um asked if we could do a few tweaks and changes and use it so um yeah i i, I really kind of <laughs> I thought like it looked a little bit. It could be possibly me and Tim yeah. in those kind of outfits, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so it's just a lot of the time we, I spend quite a bit of time on Instagram. So <laughs> it's like uh, I follow a lot of synthwave kind of artists and stuff, and trying to keep in contact with a lot of those guys. And because uh, you know to try and get something like that from completely scratch, you know, it would just be so time consuming and. Right. Uh, you know, so a lot of the time we kind of spot something cool and get the artist's permission, get them to mod it and pay pay their fee, whatever they're requesting for it, and take it from there. Right. Seeing as you guys live so close to each other, is it a chance we could see some kind of, you know, the live stream, which is kind of becoming a big thing for artists? Yeah, that, that's definitely something we uh, plan on doing more of. Um, and I'm currently building the, the sort of live stream. In fact, I've just had some video capture cards arrive today because... I stream every week on McRocklin on, on School of McRock, sorry. Um, but we want, uh, you know, kind of five or six cameras, you know, a couple of cameras on Hutch's gear, get the lighting sorted. Um, so I think that would be a lot of fun. I think it's definitely the future. We were already thinking about it, but, you know, we just want to really execute it um, really nicely with um, everything. So I think it's almost there. Um, 
and we're trying to work on a way that we can do it remotely as well. So because Hutch works, um, he's also a teacher by trade, um, but he, he teaches on like hospital wards and to, and, you know, to real high security uh, people that are, are real bad people. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he goes in there, gives them mu- musical therapy and keeps them on the right path, uh, apparently. Wow. Um, so he's in contact with a lot of people that probably, um, you know, are maybe de- indirectly in contact with um, uh, the, the current illness. So it's like, it's probably not the best time for him to come around here um, because every day he has to go and pretty much decontaminate himself after okay. getting home from work. Um, but for sure, at some point, we're going to be doing some streams together um, and we, we will do more remotely as well once we get that figured out. It's, it's definitely something that's on our radar. Well, back in... Uh... January at Nam, you had posted a picture of you with Brooks and Danny. Was that yeah. the first time you guys were together in twenty some years, or is that just the uh, first picture? It I'd was seen? well, all of us together. Yeah. Um, so a couple of years back, I'd seen um, I'd seen Brooks and Zach, but not Danny. Uh, and I'd seen Brooks in the UK when he's on tour with um, his band um, Avenge Sevenfold. Um, but yeah, the first time all four of us were like together. So, um, I was crazy, surreal moment. Um, uh, but it was great uh, just to catch up with everybody together and, uh, to finally see Danny after such a while. And, uh, he, he looked like he was uh, doing really well as well and looking good. So yeah, crazy times, you know, it's just like, man, then and now <laughs> unbelievable, yeah. but it was, it was really good. It was a good moment. Well, well I guess, uh, wrap this up last thing was kind of in that same vein you know the the whole steve i bad for good era what what was probably you know uh the craziest thing or or one of the coolest things you took from that whole experience well there were lots of crazy moments that's for sure um you know it's just funny because i, I remember i didn't remember just the other day somebody had uh, show me a picture of one of the guitars of mine that ended up, um, it's been shipped somewhere else now. Originally it was in Chicago, but it was in guitar, sorry, Hard Rock Cafe. And, um, you know, I used to break a lot of guitars back then, you know. Um, so there's many stories of breaking guitars. Um, one in particular was, before I go back on the Hard Rock Cafe, um, one of my guitars when I was on tour had went missing and steve very fortunately loaned me one of his guitars um and the tech brought out to the gig and i was just absolutely crazy you know back then you know just breaking stuff all the time it was just wild um but i cut the cut lots of stuff out of his guitar cut the the sort of you know the horn off i cut a chunk of the headstock off i cut the handle out of the guitar um and then news quickly got back to steve you know that i had done that and it turns out that was his favorite guitar. <laughs> and he was like, why do you do that? Um, anyway, my guitar turned up at his studio and he uh, took revenge and uh, he hacked some nice pieces out of my guitar in revenge. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was all in good fun and uh, we're, we're cool now. But stuff like that would happen all the time, you know. So on the hard rock guitar thing, um, somebody just recently found um, a guitar that um, that I gave to hard rock like many years ago. Um, but Hard Rock had asked for like my, you know, go-to guitar, my favorite guitar, and I was like, no way, no, I, 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 I can't give them, you know, this guitar. So, you know, even though they're all beaten up and banged and you know, really used, it's still really is like giving somebody your favorite guitar. It's like, no, no way, can't do it. <laughs> um, so we had got a guitar from Ibanez and uh, basically tied it to the back of Steve's Harley Davidson, drove it down Hollywood Boulevard and just dinged it up and uh, gave it to Hard Rock and says, here's a, um, one of Thomas's, you know, really, really well-used guitars. Uh, <laughs> enjoy it. There you go. And uh, they, they put it in Chicago for a while, but now it's like in the other end of the world. So it's probably been demoted, you know. So, you know, <laughs> next I'll probably just burn it up and uh, use it as firewood or something. But. <laughs> funny but yeah we used to get up a lot of stuff but you know it's like i think how to do studio stuff and how to you know kind of work on you know stuff with uh purpose is probably the things because me and steve never really jammed and stuff but just seeing his uh worth work uh work ethic around the studio um is something that i kind of really took on board have you ever given any consideration to 
being in a band again, or are you just happy with what you're doing? I think if the right band for sure came up, um, I would definitely join it. Um, I think it's, that probably has gotten harder now with so many guys really not touring and the gigging scene. You know, there'll be lots of guys that are really, you know, just hitting unfortunate times right now. So, right. Um, so for now, I think, you know, it's kind of a bit fortunate the way things have turned out where I was doing more lessons online, producing music, you know, predominantly to release online. And even though McRocket and Hutch did that Dragon Force tour, it wasn't something we really had planned for. It was just something that had came about. Um, so, but I think, you know, if, if a big band comes knocking and, you know, I dig the music, then, you know, who's not going to do that for sure? I, I'd, I'd do that, you know, hit the road for six months or a year. Why not? You know, <laughs> take a break from the kids. They'll be fine. Just leave them pl- plenty of cereal. They'll be fine. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us today. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. There you go, Thomas McRocklin. A huge thank you to him for taking some time out there to talk to us. That was pretty cool. And kind of like you mentioned before the interview, I mean, is it crazy that someone, I mean, anyone that can put down an instrument for 20 years and barely play it, you know, is pretty impressive when they come back to it and play at a decent level, but when you come back to it and you're playing still at a level that's beyond most, even even great guitarists, he, he, he's better than those. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> he surpassed, he's he surpassed himself. He's you know he totally grew, and you know if you don't if you don't believe us, just go look at his Instagram page. I mean, there's so many little clips. I mean, the guy is just he's a wizard, yeah. a fucking wizard. I mean, he could if they did a G three again someday, he could easily oh, stand on stage with. Easily. With Vi, Satriani, Johnson, any of those guys. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, do yourself a favor. If you love guitar, which if you're listening to this, you probably do, but if you love, like, your solo guitarist like Steve Vai, look up some McRocklin and just be blown away. Yeah, I know that, I know on Spotify he's he's got an EP, I think it's just McRocklin. Yeah. And then there's the McRocklin Hutch that we, we talk about. There's some songs there, too. So there's enough to uh, dig into for sure absolutely all right well if this is your first time listening we obviously appreciate it or if you've been listening and you just got stuff to check out we've got a ton of back episodes you can check out and everything's at soundcloud.com backslash thunder underground you can find everything on our website thethunderunderground.com pretty much anywhere podcast or heard outside of spotify you can hear us a who's who of rock and you know from guys like David Elson of Megadeth, Gene Simmons, Bruce Kulik, Vivian Campbell, Dizzy Reed, Kenny Hickey, John Connolly. If you don't know what bands those come from, look it up. Right. That's not my problem. We just had on fuck Kenny Hickey is. Yeah, yeah. We just had on Florida <laughs> Frank from Hatebreed, uh, uh, Pat Zingo from Junkyard. Um, God, who did we just have on it? I was just, Brian Fair from Shadows Fall. Well, he hasn't been on yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> you hadn't, God. See, see, this is why you, you got to watch me. Well, we're in a good place, you know. No, but it's going to happen. Normally, so. you know, in the past, there's been times we had two or three in the can, but right now we've got so many. I think we've still got four more, yeah, or five more. Because and that, yeah, we've got two or three scheduled this and, week that we're going to be recording. Yeah, and I just, so. I just let two of them out of the bag. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've talked about those: Brian Ferris, Shadows Fall, Patrick Mazingo of Junkyard. Then we've got, now all of a sudden I'm drawing a huge blank. Right, Jim Wilson. Yeah, Jim Wilson of Motor Sister and Mother Superior and Rollins Band. Those are all coming. And then we've got, like I said, two or three that are happening this week. So we're set here for the next month or so. So keep checking them out. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube's at The Thunder Underground. Subscribe. We put up videos that are separate from the podcast. Last week, or a couple weeks ago now, actually, we did a review of the new Havoc album, which is a great album if you love thrash. All that great stuff. We appreciate it. TheThunderUnderground.com. You can find pretty much anything I just listed, so just go there, buy a t-shirt, listen to a podcast. Yeah, please buy a (laughs) t-shirt. All right, once again, a huge thank you to Thomas McRocklin, Med Farm, DEB Concerts, and Sunset Tattoo. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.